Hello, everybody, and welcome to Feels Like Weezer, season two of Feels Like Weezer. Uh, we're going to start talking about Pinkerton today. I am Zach Fracking Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at the Informal Log. And I'm Eric Nash from Watchmen Minute. And we have a guest today, too. I'm Garen Pernia from Garen Pernia. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I am a, a writer. And I wrote a, a music book about Ohio rock and roll, so I'd like to think I know something about music. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have somebody on the show who does. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, welcome. You're our first guest, Garen. How do wow, you feel? I'm honored. I, I'm honored. <laughs> you got to set the bar here, okay? I hope I set the bar high. You might not want more guests, so uh, there's well, a lot of pressure. <laughs> I mean, good thing we've got you signed up for most of the Green Album right now. So, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> so um, today we're going to talk about uh, the first single that was released for Pinkerton, which is El Scorcho. Goddamn, you have Japanese girls. Do it to me every time. All the redheads said to shred the cello, and I'm jello. Public enemy, why you wanna go and do me like that? Come down on the street and dance with me. Like, like you said previously, we're doing the songs in chronological order of release. So, you know, this, this is the first single. Um, it's actually a song like, what, seven, I think, on the track. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. yeah. What what what'd you guys think of this song? I really liked it, you know. It's like, there's like that one-two punch of The Good Life and then El Scorcho, and it kind of, they kind of come near the end of the album, but I think they're also maybe kind of like the heart of the album in a way, because they're so, like, different from the other songs. And El Scorcho has like a, like a weird kind of tempo, the way it kind of shifts with the chords and then the bridge, and that's like a lot different from many of their other songs, like, not just Pinkerton, but any of their other albums, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean that that the the shift from the chorus to the bridge, I mean that it's so good, and I mean it it, it does feel like it changes. Uh, does it change tempo there? I don't know. I don't know anything about music. So. Well, it just sounds like it goes like kind of slow and drawn out, and it goes really fast all of a sudden, and it kind of mm-hmm. slows down again, and it almost sounds sort of like anthemic in a way, like the chorus. You know, you can kind of like sing along to it, and like and it's just. I don't know, it just sounds, it just shifts around a lot. Well, you can sing along if you understand it. I do. Yes. Yeah. This, <laughs> this right. is the Mumble album, so, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I've said before, I sing along even though a decent amount of time with Weezer, I don't, you know, from the Blue album and on, 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 on into this, that's for sure, I don't understand all the words. I'll still, I'll just make up my own word or do, do a little mumbly kind of thing. <laughs> Something to... Something to get me through it yeah. while I'm singing along in the car. Um, but yeah, yeah. Your, well, your question about the chorus to the bridge, though, that if it is a, it definitely is either I would say a tempo or like a time signature. I mean, a time signature could I think kind of uh, mimic a tempo increase. Um, but but then my general, if if you're if you're up for that, uh, my general thought kind of is um, I, I want to compare it to what we just did. 
the Blue Album. And to me, this this song in particular, I think it's got this pretty different sounding, <laughs> um, you know, you know whether you want to call it like use of in- instruments maybe, or it's it's as far as like say percussion, the you know drums and other perc- percussion instruments maybe, um, they seem like a little sparser, a little, um, but but also at the same time heavier though, and a little quirky I think too. I mean, right off the bat, what we have right off the bat is this gurgling. Um, yeah, um, which 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 acts as I, I think I think that can be qualified as a percussion, <laughs> percussive <laughs> uh, thing. But it's just it's just uh, you know for the, for the lead single, I think it's I think it's uh, pretty interesting that they chose this one amongst all. I mean, I mean, even something like at the very end, butterfly. I mean, that would sound more appropriate to to be on blue versus pretty much everything else. But mm-hmm. this one possibly, well, it, possibly least, I think. And kind of as Garen was saying that this this kind of stands out as something different from the rest of the album mm-hmm. too. You know, yeah. it, it's um, it's weird. Like it's just like when I listen to it, it's just like this is this is just an odd song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like a you know, anything that we had heard before from Weezer. And then, you know, this is the first thing that they lead off with. And I think it was a smart choice. I think it, it kind of shows that, you know, they're kind of keeping true to their roots, but they're still going in a different direction. I love this song. Like, I, I know I've bashed on Pinkerton quite a bit, but we'll get to that. Because um, <laughs> I do not like this album that much. Um, but this song, I absolutely love. It is so much fun yeah and then like you know they this was their first single and it totally bombed and i think it was one of the reasons why pinkerton was kind of unsuccessful and radio stations uh-huh. refused to play it and mtv like only would play the video like 120 minutes whatever like like i don't think people like this song and therefore they didn't like the album mm-hmm. although it obviously that has changed and more people like the album now and the song but i think when they they chose this like you said a quirky song to sort of lead off the album and people are like what the hell is this and i think it kind of like maybe like kind of crushed their career a little bit (laughs) yeah well and now it's one of the most critically acclaimed you know from for for everybody now it's uh one thing i i find interesting especially we're talking about radio edits um they that first line, which is just a great opening line, that goddamn you half Japanese girls. Yeah. You know, you'd think that they would want to censor something different. Like I don't to me, like in, in twenty nineteen, it's like the half Japanese girls. That sounds a little kinda racist. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> but what they what they, they you know, it's the goddamn part that they try to change. Yeah, it should have um, been should have been gosh darn or something. Or they do. But what's funny is that they they don't bleep out damn. They bleep bleep out god. So it was like yeah. bleep oh, damn yeah, yeah. or dog damn is what they also did. <laughs> which you know, obviously, is just god backwards. I don't know if you caught the subtle change there, but. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, this song just in general, uh, it's. It's uh, Rivers really talking about how he's so shy, which I, I think this is another reason why I think this was a great single to pick, was because it's almost like you go from 
Innocence of the Blue Album. Um, and then this song, it, it kind of shows like Rivers is he, he's talking about being really shy and not talking to this girl, you know, and he wants to, he obviously wants to know her, um, as we kind of hear in the chorus that you know, he's, I'm good for you, you'll be good for me, you know, and it, it, it bridges into Pinkerton, just proper, where it's definitely a harder, grittier, you know, more adult version of Weezer. Um, you know, tired of sex is about his, you know, supposed conquests and everything, um, as he puts it. Not me. There's a reason I don't like this album. Um, you know, so I, 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 I really do think this was a really smart choice um, and a good... Again, we're, I'm probably looking into it way too much, but that's what it seems like to me um, and why they chose that as um, as their first single. Well, you were mentioning, um, uh, you're saying shyness, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the term you were using. Um, but you know, and I guess I'm curious: is that is that coming from you know, like his line, the the third line, and I'm Jello, baby. Is, 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 are, are, you know, you know, the Jello being, you know, someone that is Jello is kind of is is kind of nervous or, or you know shaky is not really held together well. Is that is that where uh, that comes from, or is there other 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 lines that you kind of you kind of get that from? Comes from is the Weezerpedia where they say. Oh, okay, that's yeah. The reason why? Well, <laughs> um, well I, I, you know, so, well, let's if if uh, unless Garen has a take on that. I mean, I, let's let I say let's go with that as being maybe where that's coming from, but it, it happens to be. I, I think just the word cello, and then he's rhyming it with jello, in a sense. But then they add he adds the he adds the baby um, part. But uh, I mean, I, that's that's definitely one of those lines that then stick out to me next. That, that I I know I know the lyrics for, but I don't know the lyric. I never really knew the lyrics for the the preceding the the full part of the preceding line. The, the first half essentially the the redhead shred you shed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the cello. I knew that. I knew cello. Like that, I can make that out. That's for sure. He's he's saying the <laughs> word cello, the instrument, and then he rhymes it with the cello. Wonderful. I loved it. There's a lot of um, kind of cultural references in this song too. Yeah. Um, that I that you wouldn't know unless you kind of no. look into it. Mm-hmm. Um, like the line. Um, so I went to your room and read your diary. Okay, first off, like respect <laughs> this lady's privacy. Yeah. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, then watching grunge like drop new jack through a press table uh-huh. first off never understood what he was saying there <laughs> nope yeah, um, it's like a wrestling it's a wrestling yeah, yeah. right yeah it's, uh, it's another re- wrestling reference <laughs> yeah uh, uh, it's it's a, it's a tougher one to know than the previous one or two i think that were on the yeah i think but, uh, uh, i would be yeah. amazed and very happy if the way that i meet rivers cuomo is if i go to like a taping of raw <laughs> and we've got rivers from from weezer in the audience and it just pans to me and i faint um, <laughs> no but then they but then they'd be saying and then we have zach from feels like weezer in the audience oh too. yeah hey, hey, rivers. <laughs> um and then the right after that the listening to chocho sand fall in love all over again right. mm-hmm. um that's a reference to the overall theme of the album which is uh puccini puccini's 
uh, Madama Butterfly. Um, uh, Chocho San, I think, is the love interest of the outsider, um, you know, the, the Japanese love interest of the, the foreigner who is named, his last name is Pinkerton. Uh-huh. So that's why the whole album is called that. Uh-huh. I didn't even realize that until recently that it was like all about Madame Butterfly and then like the Pinkerton uh, security agency sued Rivers because they thought they were naming it after <laughs> them or something. Yep. And like, uh, no, it's after Madame Butterfly. <laughs> But you guys feel stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you nerds. Oh, wait. <laughs> That's basically all I've got lyrics-wise. Um, the, the only other lyrics-wise that that I wanted to talk about was in the bridge. We've already been talking about it a little bit. but So the second line is, I got to sing about it and make a record of my heart. And I just, I just like never really heard... The my heart part because that next line is coming in. That how stupid is it? Um, it's it's layered over it. Um, so I'm I'm so glad that I finally, by doing this podcast, now know, and and I can I can hear it <laughs> upon the re-listens after reading the lyrics better. Well, this is one of those songs where you you can't help but hear it as like I'm just reading the lyrics and I'm like okay yep there there it is in my head. You just can't help that. Um, mm. It is such a good, catchy tune. Uh, all right, 1995, listen up. Uh, <laughs> this was a great song. Should have been commercially successful. The album itself, eh, it could take or leave. But this is a good single. So, Zach, why don't you like this album? <laughs> um, there's... Uh, well, and once we get to Get You... Um, I think that really starts as, you know, why I don't. I think it's, a lot of it is how kind of sexist and misogynistic the song is, Mm -hmm. or the the album is. Um, And you can really tell that it's the precursor to emo music, which is, you know, it's a big, important part of my high school life, Uh, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know. Um, But I think that, this uh, this pining for women um, and you know having those unreciprocated feelings and then it's like well it, it feels like he's talking about you know like well you kind of owe me this and then if not you're just stuck up and terrible um, it makes you me know, think of like nice guys is what I think of you know or an incel maybe <laughs> yes incel exactly and I pretty sure I talked about that in no one else as well. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was about ready to say is that uh, yeah, your your dislike for the overall album and and themes in it and so forth, I think probably tie into the same reason you dislike. <laughs> you, you have a lower lower rating for no one else. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are some really good songs on this album. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Ascolio definitely being one of them. Um, and then there are a bunch of other ones that, or a couple other ones that I really, really like. The other ones I can take or leave, but I will sit and listen to this whole album and sing along with it, and then feel embarrassed about it, um, <laughs> you know, because I feel like it's almost one of those too edgy for me kind of things as well, um, where you're intentionally trying to be um, edgy with this album. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to edit this to make it sound like I have a much more coherent thought. Right.
Um, the the only the last biggest like lyric thing for me is is the and now now I came across it when I was doing the covers part because the covers website that I'm grabbing a lot of this information from um uh you know also also uh, gives a sample what they call samples and they consider this a sample but it's not really a sample as as far as a cut but it's it's just a, a lyric take a lyric sampling um so it's the I'm the epitome. Of public enemy right. from public enemies know. don't believe the hype right yeah so you know he, he was definitely um you know that's one of the things he was listening to which will lead me to uh uh a another another point that's that's beyond the lyrics part if we're if garen if you're ready to go beyond that or if, if you have another, any other points about lyrics say only that like, he talks about, I asked you to go to the Green Day concert. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, and, like, this girl is so cool mm-hmm. that she hasn't heard of them. And I guess in concert, they sometimes change it mm-hmm. to, like, a Foo Fighters concert or, or whatever other band is around. So I like it when bands do that. <laughs> I, I think that it's just it's just a stupid thing that I really enjoy. There's my hot take on what yeah, you yeah. said. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, so so the other thing I was kind of going to get to here, I, I, I thought I'd get to in a, something of a segue, um, is not the producers, because the producers actually for this album of, of note are Weezer itself, but uh, the engine, an engineer that I didn't realize until doing this, doing this research for this podcast, uh, Dave Fridman, who is someone I've been aware of and followed and and uh, for, for two bands, Flaming Lips and Mercury Rev. Yeah. Um, and, and also because I could possibly have the chance to um, meet up or something with him, it would be really cool, because he teaches at S-U-N-Y, SUNY, Sonia, which is the, kind of like sister cities, they're very, just very close, you know, very close to each other um, cities in in New York. Uh, very much on the west co- west side of New York, uh, near um, Lake Erie, Fredonia with Dunkirk, where I go to a church camp um, once once a summer, one week once each summer. I was just there a couple weeks ago, um, and it's I mean it's just so close that I could really imagine at some point someday, hopefully, it'd be really cool <laughs> to meet him. Um, I'm I'm kind of something of a sound person too i I run sound for my church and grabbing grabbing the uh sermons for upload <laughs> i don't know how to transition nope. here sure so it's so, a garen yes you uh wrote a book yeah on rock and roll you wrote the book on rock and roll <laughs> ohio rock and roll specifically. oh okay <laughs> um so uh you're in your uh collegiate mind here um, what's the, tell me, talk to me about El Scorcho. Um, like. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to put words together. In, in, a, more, in a more musical nature, since we've, we've definitely left the, the lyrics kind of yes. segment. Um, I mean, I think it's, you know, like catchy. I think it's one of the, like, like that and the good life to me are like the catchiest songs. Oh. Like they're, they get stuck in my head, you know, and I keep hearing the, the lyrics over and over again, like both of those. 
And it's interesting, I think, that they put those two songs next to each other on the album, because I think they kind of almost play off each other a little bit, although I think maybe The Good Life is even catchier. But I think, you know, like, the whole album is always, like you were saying about, it is very personal to Rivers, and it was about his you know, troubles with girls or whatever. Like you said, Tired of Sex was about him having too much sex. Uh, and then I remember he became like celibate for a couple of years. And, and I think that's one reason maybe why he said in interviews that the album didn't do well because it was too perch and it wasn't like the blue album or whatever. And I think you definitely get his vulnerability in El Scorcho, like like you were saying, the Jello, and he was too shy to talk to this girl he likes, but then he thinks they'd be good for each other. Uh, and I think maybe that makes him somewhat relatable, like anyone who's ever been t- afraid to talk to someone they like or whatever. And and I think that's what El Scorcho is kind of like about in that way. So, and it's yeah. sort of like me- melancholy, but also kind of silly at the same time, you know. Um, but yet it's a rock song, it's like a pop song. So there's still like this sort of sad undertone to it, I think, that... That I like, cause I like sad, happy songs. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and it, it, a lot of the times, and I mean, this whole album, I mean, just those like cries that Rivers does, um, and you hear it especially in Tired of Sex. There's um, one in this, but it's more of like a woohoo thing. Um, mm-hmm. So you can you can definitely feel Rivers' emotions while doing this album just as a whole too um so uh just a couple of other tidbits that i had here um the title of the song el scorcho Mm -hmm. comes from the del taco hot sauce called del scorcho yeah (laughs) it's also it's so random like this whole song in a way it's random because you got del taco public enemy green day and then madam butterfly and I'm not sure how those all connect together, but I'm sure I'm, like they maybe do or don't. So I don't know. They're just non sequiturs, or if Rivers had some bigger theme um, going on. But yeah. Well, and what's in, it, it? The whole song fits together too. Like you take all of that stuff, and it it still makes a cohesive story, which I think is incredible. Especially because you you're right. They are just these disparate things that shouldn't go together but you know they go together like a hot sauce and tacos <laughs> i don't like hot sauce but uh, uh, i don't know why so not right, into good. spicy foods so <laughs> so, so i don't think i'd be good i wouldn't be good for uh this the rivers quote because i don't like you know spicy foods or uh, green day i don't really like either but maybe that'd be okay <laughs> Well, it depends on where you are um, when you hear this song, because it may be, yeah. you know, Foo Fighters, and who doesn't like Foo Fighters? So. Yeah, yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, uh, uh, one one last thing I have real quick. Yeah. Um, I'm, like, 100% sure that this album probably would have died off if, if it wasn't for Rock Band, um, mm. because that was, uh, El Scorcho was in Rock Band, as well as Say It Ain't So, Um Oh. So that's that's my hot take. Yeah, that. I do, I do sort of wonder though, like why is Weezer like still so popular today? Like why are they still like headlining music fest? You know, and like the younger generation that's discovered them, and, and like 
honestly, I don't think they're as good as they were, like, you know, 30, 20 years ago. Get out of my podcast. Would. How dare you? <laughs> Let me say, no. I will defend till my dying breath everything <laughs> post. Everything will be all right in the end. Okay. Uh, so you're like Matt Damon in Saturday Night Live about yeah. Weezer, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, and I think I think that's part of the reason why is because you did have that Saturday Night Live sketch, um, and the Africa cover. Right. Um, Weezer does a lot of really weird stuff as well. Like they have a cruise every mm-hmm. year that they oh, host. Yeah. Um, and another big thing that they did, they had a concert in Fortnite. Like, why? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a thing that happened, but why? <laughs> like, why not, right? <laughs> I guess that's true. It's, it's, I, think, I think it's the youth market, and I think it's that they've kind of stuck around long enough to, to, the, to become, you know, this, this fairly cool, you know, thing that your parents listen to for mm-hmm. these younger kids now. Okay. I mean, it, that was it was a it was like a teenage girl that petitioned her them to do the Africa cover. Yeah, and and I that was that's... that was the, the only the only reason that was big was because Africa the Toto version or whatever I guess was on Stranger Things. Mm. I'm pretty sure. I I haven't rewatched, or at least something that the kids watch these days. Something I that the kids like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, how else would they know about '80s music unless yeah. for Stranger Things and things like that? <laughs> Exactly. God bless you, Winona Ryder. You're doing God's work. <laughs> um, the, the last thing I'd like to mention, though, I mean, and you kind of did uh, talk about it a little bit, the chorus. Um, you know, even with the other lyrics, I think the, the, the tune, the melody for it, and, and just the, the way, just that way it's sung, it's, it's, it's almost anthemic sounding yeah it's not what it's what 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 they're saying isn't really i don't think supposed to be all that anthemic it's not it's not uh, a we will rock you it's kind of sentiment Um, it's almost almost like kind of like a like a drunken chorus something (laughs) yeah yeah okay yeah in a bar at like Mm -hmm. 2 a.m this comes on the jukebox or whatever the touch tune whatever the kids are listening to these days (laughs) and then you, you know it's like like a rallying cry or something i don't know yes yes that's because i was trying to figure out the right words for it um and anthemic for some reason like i'm a librarian i should know words but i don't i that word just didn't i'm like what does that mean new words bad new words bad unga bunga me no like (laughs) um but that's exactly what it is um you know it's just it's a it's a bunch of people getting together mm-hmm. you know helping rivers overcome his shyness yeah you know he wouldn't have asked the girl out if it wasn't for matt sharp and you know <laughs> brian uh and our buddy pat wilson the unofficial feels like weezer <laughs> mascot uh, <laughs> but i just i just have a couple quick things to say about the music video there's i mean it's just yeah. kind of a basic thing um you know it, there's not a whole lot but um, so the, the reason the music video is so plain is because Rivers really didn't want, uh, any gimmicky music videos like with Buddy Holly, um, cause he felt like yeah. that was, you know, he hated that. Like he absolutely hated it when it came out. Um, and so he's just like, 
well, fine, we're going to do it my way. And that's how that came about. Um, it, like, it didn't I think actually it. Spike no, Jones no. was supposed to direct that El Scorcho mm-hmm. video, and River's like, no. So you had the Mark Romanek do it, and like, I want it like simple, whatever. Mm-hmm. So he rejected Spike Jones's idea, and he's like, no, I don't want anything like Buddy Holly. Let's do something like in a ballroom or whatever. Yeah, for some reason. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, they look like they're having a blast, though, recording it. So yeah. that's really all that matters. Um, and Pat, as always, on point. Looks like a goofball. Absolutely love the guy. Um, you know. And I, I just... I have never... The only music video of Weezers that I had seen prior to this was the um, Pork and Beans music video. Which I think is another big thing about how they've kept up with the times because their pork and beans video was like the you know YouTube rewind of two thousand eight or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that is all I have for El Scorcho. And also um, to point out, this was like um, Pinkerton was the last album Mark Sharp Matt Sharp did with mm-hmm. uh, Weezer, right? And he left shortly after mm-hmm. you know this album came out, so. If you're a Matt Sharp fan, um. <laughs> yeah, that well, and people theorize that that's why it says Sharpless on the album cover. Oh, really? Um, but <laughs> no, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so who's covered this, Eric? Um, so big one right off the bat, Dashboard Confessional that that we mentioned last uh, on the last album definitely had had a, had done a I think a couple of the. Uh, songs off of that album, if I remember right, I could mm-hmm. look that up real quick. But oh well. Um, but then, uh, then uh, Zach, there's a chiptune band called Tugboat that did it. Tugboat? I yeah. haven't heard this. Yeah. I've never heard you know of them, but oh. I just love tugboats. So mm-hmm. oh, okay, <laughs> automatically a fan. <laughs> uh, some, something called Professor Shy Guy, featuring I Fight Dragons. I've listened to I Fight Dragons. I like okay, I Fight yeah. Dragons quite a bit. And the stereo. The stereo has covered <laughs> El Scorcho. Um, the stereo, the radio, and... Yeah. Also, it says uh, Michael Michael Sarah has a band right. that covered mm-hmm. El Scorcho. So. Which doesn't surprise me. <laughs> like, and, at all. And, yeah. And Good Charlotte, so is another pretty... Pretty big one, I'd say. Oh yeah. To, Emo Zach would have been all dashboard. over this. So. Mm-hmm. And then, then there's your our usuals: uh, Rockabye Baby and Vitamin String Quartet, Music Box Mania. Trying to rock my baby to sleep with El Scorcho. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anybody? Anybody else? No. Yeah. That would that would be about it, as far as I'm aware of, at least. You know, there's certainly right. And certainly live. Who knows? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so what's your, what's, uh, Garen, we'll start off with you. Uh, okay. out of 10, what would you mm. rate this song? 10 being the uh, best, one being the worst. Is it like, as like the best Weezer song of all the time or just from the album or both? Not even that. Um, I guess. Just as a song in general or. Yeah. Yeah. As a song in general. How would as you? As a song that, song that incels with. Love, no. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> this one, I think, I, I, this, like I said, I, I think this will be fine on the Blue Album. So yeah. it has. It's not quite as incelly as the other stuff. I will defend this song quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I will take it down a notch because you were saying that the half Japanese and the and it's a little questionable today. Um, I'd probably give this like a seven, maybe. Really? Okay. Or is that too high or too low? <laughs> well, I, it's your opinion, man. Like. <laughs> But you seemed surprised when I said seven. I didn't know that's well, like because I good ranked surprise it. or a bad surprise. <laughs> I ranked it as a nine. Her, oh, okay. So. Or I would say like a seven point five. Huh? <laughs> oh, thank God. Seven point five nine. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I get it, and um, I I think if if we were to talk about this like ten years ago, it would be much different. You know, because. Like, Looking at you know post me too and all that, it's it's definitely uh, this album as a whole, especially, is a little questionable. But um, it's better it's it's better than Ratitude. I'll say that <laughs> the album as a whole is better than Ratitude. Um, so, Eric, what about you? Uh, I'm gonna have to give it uh, an eight point five. Oh. Ooh. So we 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 covered um, the joke territory seven eight nine. Um, <laughs> Garen, where can we find you? Like not uh, physically, like on the uh, internet. Like we don't need uh, your address. <laughs> well, oh no, I'm on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, and I have a website that is just garenpernia.com, and my Twitter and Instagram is at gpernia, so if you want to come stalk me, send me some uh, hate mail, whatever you want, you know? <laughs> I don't I don't think you have to worry about hate mail. I think most of that's going to be directed at me as we well, progress. Well, I sometimes do, yeah, I got... A few weeks, a few weeks ago, I got a hate mail from a white supremacist, so that was fun, you know. Uh, but you never know. <laughs> that's not good. No, it's not good. But you know, at least they took the time to write me. You know, <laughs> they they went to the trouble to find my email and to contact me and insult me. But you know, that, that still takes time. <laughs> We, if, if if we get any white supremacists, <laughs> you're at the wrong podcast, buddy. Yeah. Uh, this is not not a place for you. So, um, I'm Zach Franking Smith. You can find me at the Informal Log on Twitter, um, and at your local library. <laughs> no, no, your local library. At my local library. <laughs> And I am Eric Nash. Uh, as I mentioned at the top, uh, Watchman Minute uh, I have is a podcast I did complete, and coming up uh, soon here uh, might be out now. <laughs> um, I guess yeah. Uh, uh, Almost Famous Minute. Yeah, Eric, you're gonna have a so. podcast releasing like every day of the week because you do Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, well, and that's and that's Minute. that's what that's what uh, my co-host and I did for Watchman Minute, <laughs> Monday through Friday. <sighs> Yeah, I need to get myself a podcast. Apparently, <laughs> all the cool kids are doing it. Yeah, uh, yeah apparently, yeah. it's the equivalent of uh, let's open a bar, you know? So. Yeah, or a brewery <laughs> or something. But for yeah. lazy millennials, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we'll see well, I, I think just one last big thing. Uh, just uh, extra little uh, thanks to Garen. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. on. 
being Thank our first guest so and went very well, I think. I hope I didn't, yeah, I wouldn't screw things up. <laughs> I know I talked about incels too much, but... Uh... <laughs> no, that's coming up. Don't worry. I've got a lot to say, so... You just broached the topic before I did, and I'm like, ah, my people, yeah. thank you. Broke, I broke the ice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, yes, thank you very much for coming on, and uh, we'll definitely have you back for the Green Album, or if you want to do other songs on this album. So. All right, great. <laughs> All right, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Um, yeah, Garen, we don't know how to end podcasts, so um, by the end, like by the Black Album, we'll probably have it figured out. So, right. <laughs> you know, I think we're just gonna get, kind of trail off. I might have something for a tease there, a little little bit at the end. I don't know. I don't know. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.